Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello and welcome to the Vandal Factory radio show. My name's Natalie Claytomas. And I'm Henry Raby. And together we are Vandal, Vandal Factory. Vandal Factory. Vandal. That's what they all chant when they see us in the streets. I know. Gosh, all our adoring fans. It's embarrassing, actually, yeah, how enthusiastic on, everyone out, is. Guys. Yeah. Henry, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you, mate. I'm um, feeling pretty angry. Good. What are you angry about? Just uh, government, <laughs> in it. Government, state. Oh, hang about. Have we got a new prime minister since our last podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, we, we, we're averaging now about like to a, a PM a podcast. Yeah, PM a podcast. Um, oh, dear. Well, you know, enough said about that. I went... Is Liz trust by... The... No, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one in. <laughs> I went to Parliament on uh, Monday. Oh, my gosh. You took 30 young people from in and around Seacroft down to Parliament. I was so jealous. I know. How was it? It was really good. It I looked think... mint. What... So we had a little tour and I was like, just turn it into... Just turn it into flats. Just turn it into, like, tear it down. <laughs> Are you saying down. that? Yeah. And then we left and Greenpeace did a bloody occupation. We Whoa. missed it. Missed it by like half an hour. Oh, mate. What I thought was fascinating about going in there was, uh, so I'm from York, so you're used to old buildings, mm-hmm. but my goodness, what a spectacle. It's very Game of Thronesy actually, yeah. in a way. I can see how you can be to get lured into this world of mm. ceremony and pomp and gold, like gold everywhere, beautiful, ornate carvings and yeah. power and privilege and completely forget about the people that elected you. If you're not, if you don't come from a world where you're used to there being dormant and someone who holds mm-hmm. the door open for you and says, I don't know what the term mm. is, but, you know, there's a particular language the, that they'll my, say. My honourable friends. Like, we, we, yeah. we, with the kids, we were talking to them about, like, th- there's rules and you have to refer yeah. to each other as the, my honourable the honourable friends, yeah, the honourable yeah. gentleman, the honourable lady. But then there'll be um, other people who are MPs who mm-hmm. that's completely normal for yeah. and, like, walking through yeah. there is like, oh, look, it's back, it's like back being at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how interesting that is to think about space and how your environment and space might shape your views. Like, how would it be different if we got all of the commons around a big circle in, like, a fairly neutral space? Mm-hmm. And they're all interlinked, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not interlinked. They were all jumbled up mm-hmm. in terms of parties and stuff. How would the conversation be different? Mm-hmm. Which is actually something mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about in today's show. Before we get on to that, Henry, yeah. what else have you been up to? Eagle-eared listeners will know that a few months ago we interviewed Petrol Girls for their new album, Baby. And uh, I went to see them touring it and I went to see them at the Key Club. A really banging set. Um, the new songs are amazing live, but I wanted to play a track by the support band who were called The Strangers with a Z. So we're going to hear a tune by this cool up and coming band who just gave it the all, did exactly what a support band should do, was just have a load of fun and just be like, boom, this is us. Hope you enjoy the rest of the gig. Oh, yeah. What's the song called, Henry? Shut up. What? Shut up. What? Shut up. Henry Raby, if you speak to me like that one more time. No, Natalie, the name of the song is Shut Up. Oh, shut up, Henry.
great. They sound exactly up your street. Yeah, I'll tell you another band that are exactly up my street. Yeah, go on. There's a band called Martha. Now, Aww. they are from County Durham. Their other band I got into first called Onsind. But they are four pals who write um, songs about being queer anarchist millennials. And uh, they just, they're just one of my favourite bands. Mm. And I think the reason is because they tell lots of little stories within it. So it isn't just, ah, oh, smash the state, which song... I love those songs, mm. but there's also so much, like... Uh, character within these so I managed to catch up with uh, the drummer and also like they all take it in turn singing vocals so when I say the uh, it's a vocalist not the vocalist Nathan uh, Stevens Griffin and we're going to hear a little interview with Nathan now if that's okay with you Natalie it absolutely is Uh, hello so I'm joined by Nathan Stevens Griffin from uh, seminal pop punk combo Martha how are you doing Nathan I'm all right. Thanks, Henry. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for asking me how I am. Every guest does that. They just, <laughs> like, just go, I'm fine, and move on with the interview. Um, so when I'm trying to describe Martha to my friends, I, I tend to say they're like the millennial house martins. And then usually the response is, who are the house martins? <laughs> um, That's, uh, I mean, I would take that one. I might, I might use that one, millennial house martins. Yeah, I don't know. It depends who I'm talking to. I would probably just say energetic, uh, bouncy, uh, indie, punk, something like something like that. That if if it's someone who I feel like might know a bit more about the kind of stuff we're into, I would say power pop. Probably, I think that's what we've become: is functional power pop band. So the new album is called Please Don't Take Me Back. But Nathan, I am going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to 2011. I planned that. I worked on that so much. To the mists of time 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, Martha, you know, started putting out like an EP here and there. It was all like, you know, very DIY. Did you um, think we'd be on album number four in 10 years time or is this all part of the plan and you know next year it's Wembley or nothing I did, yeah that's a good question was I thinking about the future because a lot of a lot of the new stuff is about the future and kind of or the lack of a future or the lack of even an imagination of a future but yeah I think like if if when when we'd started it um someone had said you can do this, this, and this, and listed a lot of the things we'd done. Um, or you can have the magic box with a question mark on it. I'd have definitely took what what we've done. Um, you know, we had very modest kind of aims to to start with, and um, maybe that's been why we've been able to keep doing it for quite a long time, is because we've just gone from took each step as it comes and didn't get sort of didn't have expectations about becoming massive or anything like that and just actually took each win and loss as they came. We were sort of in the midst of what someone in the industry would probably say was an album cycle when <laughs> uh, when everything shut down and we had we had you know 
a US tour booked and a European tour and various things that didn't happen. And um, as it kind of became clear that things weren't going to, that it was that we were in it for the long haul, I guess we just started like pinging demos back and forth just because it was something that we could do on our own, but paradoxically collaborate with each other. And in a way, it was sort of even more collaborative than I think the record before, just because of, well, lots of things, but just the the sort of role that we each had in each other's ideas and stuff, to me at least felt very, I don't know, it felt like quite a cool thing. Maybe it's because I, I was, it was one source of happiness when things were looking pretty bleak mm-hmm. um so there's that as well but um yeah yeah it was like i mean every, every band you talk to will will have a a lockdown a kind of covid narrative so i don't want to dwell on it too much this is what we're kind of this is the world we live in but it it was a kind of i think the key thing was in terms of the themes like there's a real temptation to go weren't things better as they were before, you know, couldn't, I wish that this wasn't happening and, and actually just to sort of say, well, no, the radical position is to say, no, things weren't good enough before and let's not settle for that. Let's kind of come out of this with some, at least, you know, desire to think about a positive future of some kind in amongst the crisis after crisis kind of situation. I wanted to ask you about the, the, the politics within Martha's lyrics. They, they feel so within the DNA. I feel like if I like, you know, they come in in the car and I say to someone, oh, these are a really political band. They could listen to a song and go, are they? They just seem about <laughs> being sad or something. And then like within that, there are so many like, yeah, just references to, um, gender sexuality a cab like they they crop up here and there and i just wanted to ask if that was this conscious effort to go we're not subhumans we're not gonna be like ah here's the songs about hating the government not there's anything wrong with those ones but whether when you're writing the lyrics whether that's individually or collaboratively that you you like playing with the story and the character rather than the overtness of uh of anarchism it, it was when we started a chance to sort of, as you know, uh, I have an outlet for that kind of mm. more overt kind of, <laughs> those more overt kind of like, I guess. Ah, smash, smash the state, yeah. Exactly. And I'm a big proponent of that, but I also like other kinds of music. And I think it's like similar to sort of what you do with your theatre stuff and the kind of like when you tell stories about political people, politics comes through. And, you know, like I think a lot of a lot of the interest in storytelling and narrative and characters, that was what was like really interesting at, at the beginning. And like as a kind of, oh, this is something that we can, you know, we're a, a horizontally organized band. There's the lead singer at in a song but that doesn't mean they've written it and the songs are you know people might think oh that song Nathan wrote about this thing but 
the songs are all about characters and and so it's kind of like there's always that bit of distance as well that is really useful for exploring ideas and stuff have this memory and it might not have happened because I had I googled it and I couldn't find it but going sorry I'm going back again but please don't take me that's up. okay 20, 2019 um I think Martha did a gig where you had a banner that was like vote labor and and I also like put on a gig with Grace Petrie and did a fundraiser and I've been reading a lot about things like Red Wedge in the 80s recently about how you know musicians uh tried to support the Labour Party in 87 and I've been thinking a lot about artists and the word compromise keeps coming up and this <laughs> idea of like where you draw a line, where you go, like, we accept this, we don't accept this. No, yeah, uh, that's a good question. And I think like there was a there was a contradiction in, you know, implicit in us performing in front of that sort of message, I think, in some ways, like certainly for me, um, and I, I guess, like, at the time, well, we don't really need to talk about what happened after that election, but I don't feel regret about trying to avert what happened. Um, there's, you know, there's four of us in the band and we have differences of views and we're on a sort of spectrum of of where we're at in terms of the compromises that we make and whatever. I mean... I've, I've never been a member of the Labour Party. <laughs> well, actually, I was until I was 16. And then no, I joined when I was 16 and then I left when I left over the Iraq war. So that's as far back as, you know, when Onsen started, Tony Blair was prime minister. So the Labour Party were the enemy. I, 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 that that image of us playing in front of that banner, I've thought about a lot because it's it's such a like weird sort of, it's like, and any it's like all of that never happened you know mm. like that period of i guess a, a little bit of kind of break from the consensus in terms of mainstream politics yeah in terms of the harm reduction kind of approach to electoralism um i don't regret doing that but you know we won't be doing it again <laughs> Well, on that note, two big themes of the Vinyl Factory show is uh, we like to ask ourselves and our and guests about how your hope and anger. And then, hey, here's a single comes along by Martha, who I'm going to interview in a couple of weeks. And it's it's hope gets harder. And um, I guess I take away from it. Hope gets harder, but it doesn't go away. I just wondered if there's anything specific at the moment, Nathan, that, that is even in a, a thin way giving you hope. Um, for whether that's musically as an artist or or like as as what's happening in the political sphere. Yeah, I mean the, there's some there's a lot of good stuff and there's you know people organising all the time and that you know that is the answer and it always has been it hasn't been like the British parliamentary system it's the completely corrupt 
it should be burned down you know it's like not a um yeah the the, the labor party was never going to save us even under corbyn from ecological collapse like um so yeah I, I get hope from from people who are doing good stuff all at the grassroots there's a uh for example near us the abolish hasek failed campaign so there's a detention center um just been opened up or recently opened up in county durham and there's a there's a big mobilization and there was a big demo in in, in Durham City, where people came from all around, people came up from London, connections being made between different people, and that kind of stuff gives me hope. I do feel like I've been having the same debates and the same arguments and the same history repeating itself so much that I kind of do have to sometimes switch off from politics, especially at the minute, and just be like, what is giving me joy in my life? Music, obviously playing role-playing games with my friends, you know, like just little things. Um, trade union is hopefully going to be going on strike soon. That's a, that's something that I always get a lot of joy and, you know, it's not without its costs financially and in terms of stress and things, but I always feel like um, better when we actually do something rather than just complaining about it. No, thank you so much. Speaking of music and joy, is there a song you'd like us to play on East Leeds? Yeah, could you play Sink to the Bottom by Fountains of Wayne? I want to sink to the bottom with you. I want to sink to the bottom with you. The ocean is big and blue. I just want to sink to the bottom. Just wanna sink to the bottom with you I just wanna
what are we talking here? The sea, a lagoon, uh, society? Yeah, the society. I just feel like when it all comes crumbling down, yeah. be me and you having a little picnic, being like, oh, well. Yeah. Race to the bottom of the we ecological a, collapse. Yeah. We had a nice time. Lemonade's was, good. That was a good chat with Nate, with Nathan. Really when, enjoyed that. That was lovely. It was interesting. He said about the parliamentary... Mm-hmm. Parliamentaryism and yep. needs to be burned down, and that's what I was saying about turning it into flats. It's very possible to hold one foot in both camps, right? So you can know the importance of the Labour Party right now, and therefore be supportive of it and involved in whatever way makes sense for you, and also um, have your foot on the ground that says we know this isn't the solution, and we also need to be fundamentally creating a different mm. environment. There'll be people who disagree with me and say, you can't do both, but I, I just think you can and we need to, um, which is why I'm so tired. <laughs> we, we don't need you to be tired, Natalie. We need you to be provoking. The chat train is pulling into Nat's provocation station. Indeed, Henry, this is the time of the show where I like to provoke you. And uh, there's lots to talk about in this provocation because... Do you want me to start again? (laughs) No, no, carry on. I'm listening. Um, Because last Saturday we had a wonderful event here at Chapel FM Art Centre that um, I kind of co-coordinated. And we brought together... It was called the Climate Action Seacroft Community Forum... And we brought together lots of different residents in Seacroft, organisations, third sector, activists, um, different people and said, let's firstly have a kind of seasonal celebration. It's autumn and and we did apple juicing, as we mentioned before, in the forest garden down the road in the afternoon and then all came together and had stalls and activities and then moved into um, the gorgeous chapel performance space where there was performances and uh, poetry and um, discussion and presentations. Uh, And I'm really excited about this format that we're kind of experimenting. This is the second event that we've done in this way um, as a means of doing, kind of putting into practice a lot of what we've always talked about, which is trying to bring our skills as performers and people who understand audiences and the protest and community organising elements and bringing them together also with organisations and with people who have like resources mm-hmm. and how do we how do we bring that together in a format that, that works really well and I feel like I'm kind of on the cusp of it mm-hmm. but um, without further ado we are going to hear the introduction from that live the live part of that event and you started with a commoners choir song our oh, yeah. dear friends so it starts off with a track called these are the hands Seacroft Community Forum! Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. 
I wanted to start the evening with that song by the Commoners Choir because these are the hands in this room that are going to do some work tonight. These are the hands that have turned up. These are the hands that can definitely make a difference to our community and to the lives that we're all living in. That's what all of us in, involved in Climate Action Seacroft believe. If you don't know me, my name's Natalie and I'm the hub worker for Climate Action Seacroft and we are a group of residents living here in Seacroft and surrounding areas who wanted to start taking grassroots community action, getting stuck in, getting involved with all kinds of projects that you're going to hear about tonight. Yeah, so that was a little taster of the introduction. So some of the things that I'm, I'm just reflecting on are um, how you start the evening with activity and stalls. So we had someone who's volunteers at the Forest Garden making um, little bird feeders with pine cones we had a clothes swap people donating free clothes and just taking other clothes we had a winter coat um they call it a winter coat exchange but you just given away coats um and that was organized by zero, uh, zero waste leads more stuff that was um like giving out bulbs and com- related to our planting activity that we're doing and uh, we've fed people people oh, have yeah. gorgeous yeah. doll cuz like yeah it's really important, really important that food is part of these conversations about do. growing yeah yeah 100% so and oh and also the we are Seacroft collective have um had a soft launch of their new website so all the different organizations churches mm-hmm. schools art centers community centers are all collaborating to have all their information in one place um so that that kind of very practical advice on the energy crisis where people can get support what um you know what funding is out there what allowances are out there where you can get advice and help that sort of stuff so there's a bit of a, a you you how did you find that atmosphere in the in the in the beginning it's really communal like people are there to have a conversation like people have come because it's 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 curated but it's not controlled it made me think about how um actually when you go on a protest you stand in a certain place and you're given a placard and you chant and yeah the best things come afterwards when you go to the pub Mm. and the best conversations do happen around gig venues or they happen at uh, occupations or sit-ins when you have time to reflect and have a conversation um rather than like uh, not them knock you know there's a there's a place for anger but there's also a place to build and Mm. discuss and connect yeah yeah I think I think that's what exactly what I'm trying to hone in on is the conversations that we've always had after a protest particularly a poor protest Mm -hmm. when you've come away and you don't feel empowered and emboldened and uh like you've you've done something that evening um and then you go away and you go oh do you know what the speeches were too long Mm. um there wasn't enough time and space to kind of talk to anyone. Mm. I don't really know what they want me to do now. Like, mm. what's next? Mm. And it's we kind of have those moans. And I know George Monbiot also writes in his book, uh, The Age of Crises. He talks about, like, how how to get a protest right. Mm. And and this forum is a way of me trying to, to hone that um, and go, we, well, we understand what a performer can do to an audience and what uh, live discussion can do, what music like the Commoners Choir and film and spoken word can all do. And then we get that energy in the room and 
and immediately take it downstairs to go into an organizing space and invite people to go and have those conversations with people, get big pens and paper out, have that sort of, as you say, very loose, it's still tea and cake and people can mingle and do what they want to do. But like we came away from that event with stuff had got done that would have taken 50 emails. Doing this publicly and obviously the tickets are free is also an opportunity to just come and find out more and to invite people in. And sometimes that's really difficult, right? We're mm-hmm. constantly, I was disappointed by numbers that there wasn't more new faces in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and how often do we say that about gigs or meetings or mm-hmm. whatever? But it's still important to continue to make that invitation and to go, right, if we do this twice a year, then eventually it, it has to start building and you mm-hmm. get new faces in. Um, but our dear friends, Naomi and Lydia, at the end of the night said, don't forget, it's quality, not quantity. And these two young men who had just never heard of us, never been into this place before, had just seen the apple juicing in the forest garden, were curious, went and, and checked that out. Um, and then they ended up coming to this event and like, contributing in such a beautiful way so it kind of makes it all worthwhile for me macron brilliantly has come along sorry i put you on the spot i said i wouldn't but i was lying um you were just passing the forest garden and decided to to you saw some apple juicing and now you've ended up here tonight brilliant give give macron a massive round of applause and cam as well thank you so much for coming do you want to tell us, have you got any ideas around what you'd like to see happening in your community? Um, to be honest, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I put you on the spot. I get what I asked for, don't I? <laughs> but, um, the only t- time I knew about these um, happenings was just pretty much today. Yeah. Um, but it's very good to know this. Like All this uh, common altruism is very, very interesting. And I'd, I'd, for one, to would be very intrigued to be a part of it. And we are, we are definitely going to welcome you with open arms. Thank you both so much for coming. And common altruism is exactly why everyone in this room is here. So thank you for being. You're part of the gang now. <laughs> part of the gang. Um... Common altruism. Going to put that oh, in your man. PhD, Nat? Yeah, there's something about sometimes young people just... That's why we work with young people, right? Like, yeah. they just talk straight from the heart and come out with something as beautiful as that. And, you know, in the moment, obviously, I'm hosting mm. and I've got a thousand things running through my mind. But um, reflecting on that, and he just was speaking so purely. And I, you know, got the impression that... Well, like he says, doesn't he? Like, he'd never heard of this... Mm this stuff before and speaking to him afterwards he was like this is completely new to me so absolute um credit to them for being bold enough to to take the microphone and they contributed other ideas and stuff um in in different parts of the discussion which was amazing and then they came to a workshop right yeah so his younger brother cam came along yesterday and is starting to get involved so like once, once you're in the gang you're in the gang but what it made me reflect on was if you go back a few episodes to when we're chatting to your friend freya who's uh, also a community theater director and we talk about working with young people and we talked about sometimes you go what do you want and young people don't have the language to imagine what they need and does that 
there's that thing when you go, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I, I don't know. I just want to be here. I just yeah. want to experience this. And through that experience, community and getting involved, then you give options and you build ideas. Um, but you can't, you sort of can't build, you can't start from scratch. You have to create the conditions to come up with f- fresh ideas and approaches. Exactly right. And it's creating the conditions for um, for positive conversations and, and um for the, getting people in the right frame of mind to go, yes, I can do this. And yes, we can feel feeling positive mm. and asking people, you know, I gave everyone a provocation at the end of the evening to say, I want you to think about what do you, what problem or, or provocation do you think you could solve with these people in this room mm. tonight? Yeah. And and we've got some stuff done, like stuff around um uh, Naomi's going to be carving 50 pumpkins with kids uh, this weekend she's like all that is going to go to waste and how do we stop it and four people got around the table and organised pumpkin bins and how they're going to go around with a wheelie bin and collect stuff up or they researched what um you know how they can give with mm. with every pumpkin that's carved. You can get a recipe for pumpkin soup, um, and you know there, there, there's things that they might be small, but actually that's mighty in the power that you can demonstrate. Look what we can do when the right conditions mm. are in place, and how powerful is that? Um, and and of course, in terms of creating the right atmosphere, Henry, <laughs> I can always always rely on you. So you were my closing act. My mission was that I was going to work with another poet and community organizer called Natalie Davies, and she was asking people um, for suggestions and ideas, which I talk about on this clip. And I took all these and I turned it into a poem. So this is uh, the closer. I was the closing act. I was the. He- I mean, I know that we're you know sort of horizontal organizing, but I was the headliner, right? Totally. And finally, uh, we've had a fantastic poetry of effect, um, activity going on downstairs. And here, ladies and gentlemen, I want to put your hands together. He's your best friend and mine. He's a legend. He's fantastic. Let's give him some energy to do the best poem in the world. It's Henry Rebe! How was that? To the Natalie, but not that Natalie, to the other Natalie, um, had a lovely stall where she had these two lovely things, um, the, the, the head of the earth, thank you very much, Ivory, da-da-da, and the poetry, if Rachel, if you could show off the, the poetry. Um, and so one of them was practical things, one of them was poetic things, and um, after f- fantastic Natalie's um, amazing encouragement. Um, we have a collection of thoughts which I have penned down in this poem, which I'm going to read for you now. Um, so here goes. Pop that pinging phone down. The people here today have thoughts pinned into Gaia's foamy head. The world will burn if we don't stop now. Better to burn than fade away. Better to boil than wash away. Stop waiting for the shower to be boiling hot. This movement's going to take all we've got. Hey, fossil fuel industry, maybe you should stop. Hey, fossil fuel industry, maybe you should stop because the kite's stuck in the tree, but not in thee. Reverse the snowball, get excited about nature, let's go to the supermarket and the refill centres. How long will this branch last? The world will burn if we don't act. The trouble with feelings is they don't have all the words to match them. The trouble with anger is it's a word that we throw around. The trouble with hope is it's a word we need to grow. The trouble with nature is it doesn't make me calm. Teach the next generation to have a strong radar to stop and disarm greenwashing. Instead of the world, we 
should be burning. Our hearts and minds and fury like a broadcast fire. We are the fire and this is the fuel. Vote with your heart. Better to be active today. Better to burn than fade away. Thank you very much. Cheers. Can we get a round of applause for Natalie, please? Let's go save the world with tea and cake downstairs. Thank you very much. Let's go, go, go. It's good. It's good night. It's lovely. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I'm going to be comparing this to different formats and and thinking about how we can do it more. I really, really hope that we can we can keep doing this. Um, I think I'm onto something. I think it was banging because every single song you own is a banger. It's time for Nat's banger of the hour. Bangers. Is it a banger? Oh, I thought this this month's banger of the hour had to be a Halloween themed one. We're recording ooh, a little bit spooky. Um, but then you sent me a screenshot of a tweet that really made me laugh this week. And it says, my favorite aspect of Halloween is the playlists where people clearly add songs like Zombie by the Cranberries on name alone. So at parties, it goes Monster Mash, Rocky Horror, Beautiful elegy of intergenerational trauma of English violence against Ireland, then thriller.
Hello, we are now joined by Evie Manning, who is the co-artistic director of Commonwealth Theatre, who are based in Bradford, but also Cardiff. Um, there's like two branches, which we're very curious about. Evie, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, been like, we're working on multiple things. So I've been setting different things up, packing different things up. It's just been one of those days. But yeah, I'm great. Happy to be here. You've, you've got some cushions behind you. You look a little bit more relaxed and settled for the chat. Settled. <laughs> found a little like cosy spot in the corner. Why don't you tell it, tell us about how Commonwealth got started and and about this that why the the two branches existing in Cardiff and Bradford? Yeah, of course. Um, so we started in Bristol actually. Um, and we really started as a reaction against most mainstream theatre, which we felt was really middle class. And and we really wanted to make political theatre for working class people. That was our driver. So we've always worked site specific and we've always worked in buildings where basically people who don't normally go to the theatre might go instead. So there's that direct like access point. Um, all our work's always been about social change and like we started like 10 years ago and so idealistically we were really like yeah we want to change the world through theater yeah. now that shine has rubbed off a little bit <laughs> oh no don't say that no just because you get a little bit more like okay how much can you really achieve through theater and look mm. at the state of things but yeah I am from Bradford originally and then Rhiannon is, who is the co-artistic director with me she's from Cardiff originally so we were kind of mainly in Bradford for a long time working out of here and Rhiannon would come up and then she moved back to East Cardiff to the council estate that she grew up on and has set up a commonwealth there so we now have two bases so Wales is also a different country so we like to think of ourselves like an international operation (laughs) (laughs) I wonder you said you know you've just come on you've been organizing stuff at your 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 base can you tell us a little bit about the energy uh, at your headquarters What's it like? Can you paint us a picture of maybe there isn't an average day over at Commonwealth HQ? Well, yeah, I would say it's definitely there's not really an average day. I mean, we just had a a staff meeting, to be honest, which is our normal Wednesday. But on that staff meeting, there are so many things going on. So it's always a bit of a headspin. Tonight, we've got um, Speakers Corner, which is our girls collective. It's like a um, young women who campaign for action. So they mainly campaign mainly make campaigns so tonight they've got their um tea party fanzine making event and um, which they've been planning for a while we're also wrapping up the tour of pieceophobia which is our show about um, modified car culture and islamophobia and we've got some tour dates for that for next year that we're all working on and um, we've had a really interesting proposition that i can't really talk about but like from commission a new show um, we're working it's festival on a... of Brexit, isn't it, Evie? That's what it is. <laughs> Some of that sweet Brexit money we've been hearing all God, no, no, we severely boycotted that. Um, I was like really offended because people were ringing me and saying, well, would you partner on this? And I was supremely offended that they would even ask me. I was like, what? That's not. But um, yeah, we've got a new show in Burnley next year, which we're making about the fast fashion industry. So we're doing a lot of research into practices in Bangladesh and Ghana so we've been doing a lot of research on that um yeah and now we're preparing for our most upcoming show um you are here as a witness which opens in November but we have also been working on another show which is in March um which is about 
the education system and what is taught on the curriculum. So we've been doing loads of workshops with young people. So on the weekend, we were doing workshops with deaf young people. Last week, we were working with Roma young people. Tomorrow, we're back with some Roma young people. So yeah, it's been a really busy time with lots of different things in the pipeline. So Wow, sounds amazing. Sounds absolutely brilliant. Well done. Well done. It's great. You're doing a great job. Whenever I see someone of Commonwealth, generally I I think he was a whiplash there coming because I'm like, whoa, all this stuff going on. It's incredible. Um, (laughs) Tell us more about um, the You Are Here as a Witness. Yeah, so You Are Here as a Witness is really a special piece to us because... um, it's based on the very first show that we made as as Commonwealth, which was called Our Glass House. And Our Glass House was basically staged in residential houses and it toured to five different houses across the country, so on normal streets. And it's about domestic abuse. It's based on interviews with survivors and we interviewed a lot of our friends and family. We interviewed each other. So that show is really made from a lot of personal testimony mm. and is very, very, yeah, really dear to us because it's kind of what, brought everything that you know when you're young and you're like yeah let's make a theater company and we want it to be these things and these and these and Mm. these and really idealistic but then that was the show that actually encapsulated all of what we were trying to do and make and yeah we were we were approached by a domestic abuse charity called the anar project who wanted to work with us again based on our glass house um but we were like well we can't really do it in a house again because that's a whole undertaking because you have to get house as council it's a big Job. and so we've made a version of it essentially and the in our project works with black and asian survivors of domestic abuse so we've made a version with three characters um one is a woman who is pregnant she's a black woman who is pregnant and um, eight months pregnant really trying to keep the relationship alive Um, one of the characters only speaks in erdu the whole show and her character is based on lots of interviews we've done um with women who essentially were married in Pakistan and then came here and then most of the marriage was essentially like domestic servitude. Um, and then we've also got an 11-year-old character in the show um, who is not related to them, but it's his experience being a child in an abusive house. So the show itself is like each character is living alongside each other, so the action's all simultaneous. So sometimes it feels more like live art, really, because mm-hmm. they're all in their own worlds, in their own houses. Um, and really the show, we've always said, from when we made Our Glass House, like it's not about domestic abuse. It's about the reasons why people stay and then how they leave. And of course, it's based on lots and lots of interviews with survivors, but we never really looked at the violence so much. We looked at love and control and controlling behavior and also the courage for people to leave um so yeah it's it's quite an interesting show i would say like yeah it's there's so much to it there's so much so many layers to it and there's a lot of depth to it um and i also think it is just i think a striking piece of theater like it's quite an un, a contemporary piece of theater right and and about can you tell us about the performers, the actors that are, that are performing? Is there an 11-year-old being an 11-year-old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is actually my son. 
but basically um he what's nice about it is he was involved in the show from when he was literally six months old because that's when we first rehearsed it he was in rehearsals at six months old so I feel like and we always had an 11 year old boy in the show and it just would have been really unfair for it to have been anyone else except him he always came and saw we kind of lived in the houses when we toured with the show so Jeremy, my son, has, has been on that journey. Um, so, yeah, he's in the show. And then um, we have Leah Francis, who is a lead actress. I love Leah! Yeah, we love Leah. Leah's absolutely brilliant. And then we have somebody called Sahar Shah, who is an actress from London, um, who plays on that. So, yeah, we've got our three really brilliant actors. And, yeah. And one of the one of the things that um we talk about a lot on the the vinyl factory show is f- the fuel that keeps us going. I know you've said that that you know you've got a maybe a more realistic view than you did when you first started the um company, but we talk about hope and we talk about anger an awful lot and how those are the things that sort of keep us going. And I wondered what what your reflections on those two things like where do you get your hope from where do you get your anger from are they still present in your life and in your work yeah really good that's a nice question um I think I definitely get my hope just from the people that we work with because we rarely work with actors we work with people who it's their lived experience so working with people and hearing things that they say and also a lot of the anger comes from that as well to be honest because people mm-hmm. talk about things like we were working with deaf young people on the weekend and they were telling us about basically the only provision the only school for deaf young people is one of the most failing schools in Bradford which is five million pound in debt so all of the provision for the deaf students is being cut because they're in a place of a bigger institution which is been a failing school but failing for like the last 15 years so hearing them talk about that that gets you really angry because you just yeah can this be but then on the same flip side working with them and hearing how they articulate that and how they talk about that and what that means to them is also helpful so I think in most things that you explore there's a lot of anger like mm-hmm. show we made um about about Islamophobia peacephobia that shows like there was so much anger in there about the police force and racial profiling and just state racism, personal racism. That's all in there. But then there's also the hope. That was it. I, I think you kind of got to approach everything with both of those things because otherwise, why would you make it? Like, you can't have just anger or just hope. Like, I think those, are, in terms of life, lived experience, they're always on the same flip side in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, always- absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah, I know that's that thing gives you hope. So it's it, yeah, but you kind of have to have the anger to want to do it. Of like, it's that yeah, if you don't feel angry anymore, then you that's when I start getting worried. <laughs> um, <laughs> you started to feel a bit dead inside. That's uh, I think actually I said that on the last podcast. Henry was like, "How are you?" and I was like, "I'm dead inside." <laughs> but I was really angry by the end of the show, so that it yeah, doesn't last it, long. It, it's also it's quite scary times there's just so much yeah. that is out there but also can get to us as well because you do just feel like well what can I do and mm. I'm sure like a lot of people I spent a lot of time really involved in more political movements and being more of an activist that so doesn't feel like really a viable option now with everything mm-hmm. that happened to Jeremy Carbon. I don't feel like that, that is 
SF. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Of like the trigger yeah, yeah. breakfast. Sorry, I don't know. But you know, I just it's no. quite difficult now. You can put it with people's movements, but then ultimately how the the, the government level of, of politics it just feels so like out of control and powerful. Yeah. And and it's about knowing and spending your energy very, very carefully as well. So knowing that these times that we're living in are incredibly draining of your energy. Evie, what song would you like us to play on East Leeds FM? Well, I was thinking about it and I was thinking actually a song that was a massive part of Hourglass House. Um, it's Florence and the Machine and Check It Out, but it's the Benny Benassi remix. Oh, yes. Nice one. My party tune. But um, yeah. also it's got a tragedy to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of in homage to uh, Hourglass House. Oh, 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 
Nice one. <laughs> nice. I don't know who you're mimicking, Henry Baby. I think it was interesting that Evie and Nathan both reflected, admittedly because we'd prompted them, the Labour Party won't save us, we've sort of got to save ourselves mm -hmm. and we've got to build our own communities and spaces. Yeah. So check out Martha's new album, mm. um, which is a banger. I listened to it today. And also go and see uh, anything that uh, Commonwealth Theatre put on because they're really cool as well. They're great. Uh, I'm looking forward to going across to Bradford to check that out. So in summary, Henry, because mm. we're about to close the show, I believe we have covered all the bases today. Mm -hmm. We've worked out mm -hmm. that community organising is the way forward. It is the winner, especially when the arts are expertly woven into it, mm -hmm. that you, you have to kind of engage with party politics but remain keep your wits about you mm. remain skeptical mm. and um keep the hope and anger alive keep the hope and or the anger alive thank you for listening to the vinyl factory radio slow <laughs> oh, it's a long day well um uh you can find all the songs we play on a little playlist I make on Spotify. Please listen to all the other shows that we've got. Please tell your friends. We're just a small little radio show in East Leeds FM, so it really does help if you recommend to someone. You should check us out, listen to this, um, even if it's just because we play absolute hammer bangers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. We're off to go see Hot in Here now, aren't we? Yes, we're going to see the what we talked about on the last episode. So check that out. Just check it all out. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Um, I've been Henry Raby. My name's Natalie Quaitmas. Bye. That's me. No, he doesn't. Except yesterday when I couldn't find my roll on. <laughs>